0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is June 19th, 2018. As a consequence of the former governor resigning due to a sex scandal in Niigata, they had a by-election that was held just last Sunday, and it's shaken up the Abe administration because it's dealing with the nuclear restart issue and it's really carrying a lot of potential for fodder that we talk about here on Tokyo on Fire. Michael, you're watching this issue too. The nuclear reactor restart is a big issue on this election. Well,
1: it was basically the, the the elephant in the room. And it, you, you have to say it that way, because while well, one candidate was talking about nothing but the restart of the world's largest nuclear power station, uh, the, uh, the, Kashi, the Kashizaki... Uh, Kariwa plant.
0: That you can say that smoothly is, is
1: pretty it's, good. It's a hard one because it's, it's a really complicated name. There are two municipalities bound together in yeah. a huge nuclear reactor. Yeah, well, the, the, the seven nuclear reactors at this site which all have been o- offline from before the disaster at the Fukushima Daiichi uh, nuclear power station. They were offline due to a Niigata earthquake that happened a quite a time, a time before. and that they should be restarted at, in the aftermath mm-hmm. of the Fukushima disaster, uh, is what one of the candidates was talking about all the, all the time. But the other one, the one who was supported by the LDP and by the Kometo and who eventually won the election, uh, kept completely silent right. about what his plans are Whereas the other candidate who was supported by virtually all of the opposition parties together, including the communists, mm-hmm. who did not run their own candidate, uh, instead helped with a joint candidate, she just talked about it all the time. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a sort of a national or, or, or a sub-regional referendum on the nuclear power issue. Right. And especially now that we've come a long distance away in terms of time from the Fukushima a Daiichi nuclear power station disaster, what's the future of Japan's energy mix? And that was basically what was on the table and the, and the outcome was actually uh, somewhat surprising mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in that the joint candidate in a section of the country which has supported Previously supported DPJ candidates, and indeed the previous governor was an anti-nuclear governor. That the uh, anti-nuclear side would fail to get their person over the line is something of a surprise outcome.
0: Right. Just to put it in a context for some of our viewers, the Fukushima reactor is on the Pacific side, and the nuclear reactor in Niigata is on the Japan Sea side. Japan Sea side, and they're
1: both run by TEPCO. Right the Tokyo Electric Power
0: Company. And, before you go further, it was suffering from some suspicion
1: that it might just collapse and fall into the ocean too. Oh, but it's, it's one of these, it's, it's on the ocean, it was built on a site that it was it was a, a totally corrupt decision that got it there, basically in order to provide a tremendous amount of funding to mm-hmm. the political organization of Tanaka Kakuei, the great uh, political manipulator from Niigata, Uh, as a part of his development of his home prefecture. It worked. It worked. I mean, he got a Shinkansen to go to Niigata, even though there was no real economic reason to go there, and to power it, the building of this nuclear power station, the largest one in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been offline, and since the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power station disaster, Japan has not relied on nuclear power. It's basically something that was in... Mothballs already, and it was just sitting there, waiting for a restart. TEPCO is a ward of the state. It's currently burning through cash in order right. to pay for all of the fuel oil their and shares, natural gas. Yeah, their shares
0: fell like four percent
1: just before the election. I
0: mean, it's, and then soared immediately right.
1: afterward because there's some out. There's a very strong, well, much stronger outcome that possible of a restart of this nuclear power station. At least a, f- a few of the reactors, the most recently made ones, the six, number six and number seven reactors, mm-hmm. because they're the, they're the newest and they're the easiest to bring up to code. Throughout the nuclear power in- industry, the oldest reactors, the ones that have the number one or number two designation, there's a pretty much a sense that for every nuclear power station that those are, are unsalvageable, mm-hmm. that there's no way to really bring them back in unless the, full, the plant itself is really new. Uh, and so there's a, there is this sense that maybe we'll get some, something back from the investment that was made, the massive investment that was made into the power station there. Now, interestingly, uh, even though the anti-nuclear side lost in the Niigata prefectural election, we also had the recent talk of mothballing and, and decommissioning the Fukushima Daini, this the, the one that's farther to the south, the one that was not damaged, uh, the nuclear power station that was not damaged in, in, the, uh, in the tsunami of 2011, right. that station seems to be, was, is going to be written off. And so there's a sort of a quid pro quo, it's sort of a balancing act that's going on with TEPCO, which runs all three of those stations, saying, okay, the ones on the Pacific Ocean, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna abandon those and instead go and try to salvage what it can and as much as possible from the akashiwazaki Nuclear Power Station with its seven reactors, right. because Fukushima Daiichi was six reactors, gone, mm-hmm. uh, and then now they're talking about getting rid of the Dainese Station as well. It's uh, Things are in motion and it's all basically because the Abe government wants to restart the nuclear power plants.
0: Well, without the uh, nuclear mix, I mean that's about 20 23 percent of the power that was supplied to Japan when it was fully ramped up, right? And then we had the earthquake that shut down. So to fill in that that
1: that hole, I mean it's got to be fossil fuels. That's where it has been, and indeed, uh, if we had had this conversation three years ago, where goes that, Kyoto? We're, we're going to we're going to be talking about uh, the 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 trade off between you know mm-hmm. burning fossil fuels bringing them here and the uh, carbon output but now of course the problem is is that for many of the prefectures that house these uh, nuclear power stations is they are mostly rural and they've gone big into mm-hmm. solar into solar farms right. and so there is This competing narrative that if Japan could only go more into renewables, even more than it has gone before, that these stations don't need to be restarted. And that's what Mm -hmm. the opposition was pounding on and hoping would be a pretty good electoral message in the Niigata governor's race. And it turned out they were not right. Mm -hmm. It was close. We don't know if they were right. Because,
0: I mean, there was a spoiler in the mix.
1: Yes, there was a spoiler. There was a person who got around 40,000 votes, a third candidate, who was younger. The two main candidates were 57 and 60, so they ha- appealed basically to the same age group. And, and the difference between the votes was about 40,000. 40, yeah. So, with that spoiler in there, it, that adds the question, were these stolen progressive votes? Because he was also fervently anti-nuclear mm-hmm. and just put himself out as the youth candidate. Uh, and in those instances, you always look to the side and say, was this guy hired to do this? It was close. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, I mean, even when you're talk, talking about the 40,000, Niigata is a big population prefecture, um, and they had pretty good turnout, uh, over 56%. Right. And so they had a half a million votes on one side and half a million on another, which is for a rural prefecture, that's a, an awesome number. to to be contesting on both sides. Uh, So yeah, you're right, it hasn't definitely been uh, decided in any way. It's not a decisive smashing victory, but it's a victory nevertheless. And for Abe Shinzo, going outside of what happened in Niigata, how that reverberates back to Nagata Cho is Prime Minister Abe is up for re-election as president of the LDP Mm -hmm. in September and he has a pretty good following inside the Diet. It, it, one could even say almost a fanatical following inside the Diet. But not only Diet members will be, will be voting, mm-hmm. they're also the local chapters and they have a significant number of votes in the first round of the presidential election. And a lot of local LDP officials have been had been saying, well you know, with Abe in power we're never going to win any big local elections. Well, they were proven wrong, and that has just put a lot of gas into the, his engine for this attempt to go for a third term mm-hmm. and it looks like he's he's going to just barrel through that right. without any trouble. The mirror image of that though is what was
0: going on in Niigata during the elections as Abe was fighting against the two scandals that were just blossoming during the election campaigning period in Niigata. Yeah, and that
1: that the uh, local elections can frequently be Uh, little referenda uh, on on what's going on in in the center saying, you know, Mr. Abe has to clean up his act, we can't elect him because there's no direct election of prime ministers, it's elected by the Diet, Mm -hmm. but we can send a message through his candidate in this election. Well, that message wasn't sent and in fact the opposite message was received.
0: Right, you know, for people that are always watching Tokyo on Fire, they will remember that this election started because the former governor had to resign. He got involved in some. Well, he got involved in a, a, sexual a, 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 a dating
1: service that was for pay, and then got involved in what was an extortion racket. Yeah, and, had to, and had to start. And, and well, he he resigned as soon as it sh- showed up in the the rags. He
0: resigned, but he didn't really do anything illegal. He's fifty years he old. He's he didn't do not, not
1: really anything. He did nothing illegal. Yeah, uh, but it was seen as not okay, especially for a man who was a doctor and a lawyer, elite human being, oh, um, he, you know, he shouldn't be, you know. He was a great governor. He was, and he was, he was doing his job, but. One day. Boom, he's gone. Things happen
0: quickly here. And that's <laughs> why, you know, we, we try and follow this stuff. It
1: never a dull moment. Yeah, and the, but what it became, however, was a battle for the energy soul. And we saw that immediately. Mm-hmm. Yoneyama, the victor, uh, in this contest. Within 48 hours, he's here in Tokyo getting a meeting with the head of, of METI, the Ministry of Ed, of Economics, Trade and Industry, which is responsible for the development of nuclear power, mm-hmm. meeting with Minister Seiko, and Mr. Seiko beaming there with his, his little eyes going and <laughs> alongside Yoneyama, the new hero. Uh, it, this was definitely it looks nationalized sure. in a, in a very, very, very quickly from what was a minor sex scandal became a national contest, and that's the way it works. Sometimes. Well, we're always trying to make predictions and read the
0: tea leaves, and you really never can tell. We've got the Prime Minister that's coming up for his third term in September, as you said. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And you and I hold different views on that. You're more negative about it, I'm more positive about it, but you know, all of these things culminate
1: to a, a kind of a crescendo that he's trying to manage. My, my view had always been that the locals would turn on him, mm-hmm. as they did in 2012. And also how they also knew when they had some kind of pull back in the contest between Hashimoto and Koizumi, right. they, they forced the issue to get rid of the old guard. And let's face it, Abe is now old guard. He's been a fixture, he's, he's been there now for five years, and well, you know, well, there was some sense that we were exhausted with him mm-hmm. and indeed the, a lot of the local LDP officials were arguing that and that this was going to be the test case and he passed with flying colors.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he's, yeah he's kind of old guard but he's still young, he's still vibrant and he's still ruling the LDP, you know, pretty soundly. I mean he has his cadre of people and his cabinet is looking strong except for a little bit of the hiccup with the finance minister, that seems to have passed through, right? That came at a kind of critical event during the election campaign
1: in Niigata, but we seem to survive that too. And but, and but the thing is, it's really the locals who were who needed convincing, and the Niigata election seems to have provided mm-hmm. at least that's the way the, the, the Abe team has been sh- saying. Look, 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 we can right. we can win these <clears throat> things. It seems to have provided the demonstration that he's in the clear.
0: Right. The Obama administration gets a little bit of a tailwind with a sudden election in Niigata, the home of the largest nuclear facility in the world. Please stay tuned because this fat lady hasn't sung yet.